Hi guys, and welcome to our December edition of The Talking Heads, a podcast where we delve into current public policy issues in the United States. I'm Ty Dunlap, here with my colleagues Shamir Zahid and Dylan Deolius, and we've got a great discussion today on something I'm sure you all have heard about in the news, upcoming tax reform in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Guys, it's uh, been some pretty crazy rhetoric we've heard about this upcoming tax reform. Give us the who, what, when, where, and uh, why. Well, Ty, it's been a bit of a whirlwind process, but the long and short of it is this bill is attempting to simplify tax codes for everyone in the country. We recently saw the House pass its version of the new reforms and saw the Senate pass the adjusted bill. Support for the bill has been largely split along party lines, with Republicans supporting the reform and Democrats opposing. Democrats fear the projected $1.47 trillion deficit incurred by the tax plan but Republicans are convinced the tax cuts will generate much-needed incentives for growth in our economy. Yeah, and many people are familiar with some of the most talked-about topics of this tax reform, like the individual tax rate decreases, the corporate tax breaks, and increases in people's standard deductions. But there are some other portions of this bill which, we have, uh, which have more subtle but important implications for people in this country. Yeah, and a, a lot of people are probably aware of the drops in uh, income taxes and the corporate tax rate dropping from 35 to 20%, but uh, some of the more subtle things like the increased child credits, uh, dropping some of the education, um, higher education credits like lifetime learning credits, um, then significant drops in small business taxation at their top uh, tax platforms, um, some reduced real estate tax credits, um, little things like that. Those are a little less talked about in the news, but are still really important to uh, citizens. Yeah, there really are so many intricacies to this new tax code. We were talking to one of our experts, he'll actually be on the show today, Bryce Garut, who told us that he had breakfast with two Texan politicians who said that the bill was the size of three college textbooks. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. It really is. Um, but anyways, the biggest discrepancy in the political process and what we'll be discussing today is the impact this bill will have on income inequality and the ability of Americans to rise up from lower and middle classes, uh, allowing for you know upward mobility. Uh, today we've got two great guests, uh, Kirsten Hunter the first. Uh, she's a public policy director for Fidelity Investments, and the aforementioned Bryce Garut, head of Mountain Shout, uh, and they had some great insights into the impact of this bill and uh, what it'll do to the middle class and um, rising class Americans. Yeah, some great insights they both had. So uh, so let's get into it. Guys, our, uh, our first guest today is Kirsten Hunter. She works in the public policy branch of Fidelity Investments, and she's been fairly active on the upcoming tax reform. Looking uh, Very much looking forward to this interview. She uh, should have a lot of really cool insights for us, and probably a couple things that you know us as normal civilians who we don't study this, this tax reform quite as uh, in-depth as she does. She'll have some great stuff that we may have glossed over. So, Kirsten, what is your specific job at Fidelity, and what would you say you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Sure. So, I'm a public policy director at Fidelity Investments. So, um, I cover mostly policy issues related to our retail investor business, and then also some emerging services. So, that covers everything from education savings for our 529 business, our ABLE account business, um, student debt solutions, and then, of course, retirement savings. That is our legacy business. Uh, so, I, I translate Washington to our business, and I translate our business to Washington, if that makes sense. And they hired you based on your past experience in Washington, correct? 
Yep. So I worked at a lobbying firm in Washington, D.C., covering a variety of policy issues, uh, including financial services, healthcare, and education. So uh, all of my previous experience lines up with what I do now. And I have a bachelor's in political science, as I'm sure some of you are going after, and a master's degree in government. Nice. Well, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest impacts individuals would see from this tax reform? Um, on the individual side, I would say in the short term, this is seriously going to change how Americans pay their taxes. Uh, Americans should be looking at all of the deductions and credits that are currently available in our tax code and that are going to be changed on January 1st of next year and capitalize on those deductions and credits literally in the next three weeks. So things like the mortgage interest deduction, the student loan interest deduction, the charitable deduction. If you have student debt and you have a little savings you can spend right now, I'd be making a huge student loan payment this December in order to maximize your, your interest deduction because that will likely go away next year. Uh, same thing with charitable giving. I might decide to donate two or three times as much this year to get a larger deduction and, and not donate anything next year because you likely won't be able to duck that as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, we know the repeal of the lifetime learning uh, tuition fees and student loan interest deductions will be a, a huge adjustment for a, a good amount of our peers. Um, from, from a corporate uh, tax standpoint, how do we see this affecting corporations and uh, specifically those invested in corporations? What does that dynamic look like? So this is comprehensive tax reform, so corporations are preparing to get a huge boom from their tax savings, and that extra money will likely go into three buckets, either research and development, um, shareholders through dividends, or new jobs. But American CEOs have recently told Gary Cohn, who works in the White House, that they don't plan on creating any new jobs <laughs> anytime soon. So we're likely to see huge dividends be paid out to shareholders in the, in the next 12 months or so. So Americans who have savings, particularly those in stocks, will will win out again, at least in, in the short term, I'd say in the next year or so. Okay, gotcha. Well, if we don't see a shift in the creation of jobs or expect jobs to come back to the U.S., are there you know certain sectors which we would see benefit more or less from the tax reform, say, uh, small business owners over corporations, or are you at Fidelity able to even answer that question? Uh, on the record, if, if this wasn't, you know, a, a project for you. Um, but, but generally, I would say that most sectors are going to benefit from this uh, because all companies, regardless of what sector you're in, what industry you're in, are receiving a tax cut. So both large corporations like Fidelity um, and smaller, maybe family-owned businesses, so, so C-Corps and S-Corps are both getting a tax cut here. Um, industries that should be concerned, however, are any that are currently treated with some kind of subsidy or some some kind of tax incentive that are having that taken away in this bill. Industries like mortgage lending and others related to the housing market. So this this tax bill, and again, it it'll will go under undergo several revisions this week and next likely, but the bill will probably cap the mortgage interest deduction at $500,000, and that might sound like a lot, um, you know, Tyler, in places like Texas, but it certainly is not a lot here in Massachusetts where $500,000 might buy you a two-bedroom condo, if that. Um, so without the ability to deduct your mortgage interest and on top of the elimination of state 
and local property taxes, uh, what we're calling SALT, Americans might not choose to buy homes anymore, or they might only choose to buy homes in lower cost of living areas. So this is one of those unintended consequences that we might see um, you know, occur in the economy in the next few years. I don't know how immediately this will happen, but there will be a consequence. Wow, that's, uh, that's really interesting to hear, especially the point about the dynamic effects of the mortgage tax deduction. That's going to be a real shame if, uh, if people are unable or unwilling to purchase property. That's been a huge part of the American dream for, uh, for as long as people have been coining that phrase. Uh, but we've, we've heard from a number of Republicans about the growth these cuts will bring to the economy. But is it possible these cuts could deepen wealth inequality in this country? It's very possible that wealth gaps will you know, continue to go to each side of the spectrum even more than they are now. And, and the other thing to think about, too, is that the corporate tax cut is permanent, but the individual tax cut does sunset, I think, in 2025. Now, many members of Congress have said that they they plan to re-up those in 2025, but, you know, as this administration shows, uh, nothing nothing is concrete and we can't always estimate what's going to happen. So if for the next eight or so years we see individuals getting tax cuts, at least in some areas of the United States, if those all are removed in 2025, what happens then? You know, what's the consequence of that? So just something to think about on a conceptual level. Awesome. So if you were to pick, which class of citizens win this bill? largely middle and upper class individuals will win out in this bill. Um, that's pretty disappointing. Usually we look to the lower and middle classes as, uh, as winners in bills that promote equality, and certainly the Republican Party is focused on uh, tailoring this bill and they're advertising this bill to the lower and middle classes. But um, anyway, so th- thank, thank you, Kirsten. We really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks, Kirsten. We really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to Fidelity. Thanks, Kirsten. We learned a lot. Take care, all. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was uh, that was some pretty pretty awesome stuff out of Kirsten. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But um, Dylan, you were you were telling us about our, our second guest. Absolutely. So uh, we're gonna move on to our second guest of the day. Uh, we have Bryce Garud here with us, uh, the owner and CEO of Mountain Shout, uh, an advertisement company company based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Bryce, it's great to have you on. Um, would you mind providing our listeners here with just a little bit of background on you and your work? Um, I uh, graduated from Baylor University several year, a few years ago. Um, started uh, Mountain Shout about two years ago, um, and we're an advertising technology company based out of Dallas, Texas. Um, so um, we have both an advertising firm as well as a platform to transact. Um, traditional media, so that would be um, billboards, physical ad space, you know, signs in professional sports games, so on and so forth. So we provide the platform to be able to do that and aggregate all that information. Exciting stuff, Bryce. How has it been attempting to understand the new tax bill? Will it simplify how you're going to record your taxes this spring by any chance? It's, 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 as, as it's been pitched, it's made things less complex. I'm not sure if that, that's the case. I think uh, I was at a breakfast recently um, with, uh, with the former mayor of Dallas and uh, managing partner of uh, Ernst & Young in Dallas, Texas, and, um, and uh, he brought, brought, they brought out the tax uh, actual proposal, and it's, uh, it's about three college textbooks thick, so 
Um, <laughs> we don't we don't think it's going to be any easier uh, to, to pay our taxes up for sure. Great. Now, would you mind giving us a bit of insight into how the bill might generally affect business, both small and large? Overall, you know, we're not a large you know corporation yet, so we're not going to be receiving you know any massive benefits. Um, but um, you know, what is good is that. Um, you know, small business owners or and or independent contractors aren't getting hammered. Um, it's not related to us, but you know, as as the independent contractor group grows, I mean, there's there's estimations that that could be you know maybe forty to forty five percent of our labor force in the next ten years, and so I think that um, you know that's that's very important. We work with a lot of um, independent contractors or people that are you know. Um, you know, one, two employees, you know, up to, you know, we work, you know, some of our clients go up to, you know, thousands of people um, that work at these, you know, organizations. And so, um, you know, you, you want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And um, I don't think, you know, anybody's really getting hammered on this deal. Well, that stuff's great to know, Bryce. We really appreciate, uh, really appreciate your insights. And um, it's really interesting what you had to say involving all the different private contractors. That's really interesting stuff. So uh, thanks so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. Wow. Some great takes there from Bryce. It was, uh, it was really interesting to hear the differences between his perspective on this bill's impact on small business and the impacts Kirsten was pointing out. I mean... Uh, the equity versus equality arguments definitely seem skewed away from small business and the middle class, right? I mean, both Kirsten and Bryce perceive the upper class and corporations will win out. So we do have a better picture on how inequality is going to be affected by the tax reform um, and who's actually going to win and lose as a result of the tax bill. Um, and we also have come to understand that the rhetoric that revolves around this tax bill isn't really as true as it's made out to be. As we learned from Bryce, small businesses, small corporations aren't really going to benefit as much as they're hyped out to be. Um, and with that, I believe we've achieved our goal today. Well, folks, uh, that's all we have time for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed what our interviewees had to say and that you were able to derive an idea of how this tax reform might affect middle-class Americans, investments, uh, business growth, and the like. Thanks for listening. This has been Shamir, Ty, and Dylan, the Talking Heads.